with your powers combined, we are fan holes. Go, go, go fan holes. Can't believe there's a chat room big enough to hold all of our present bodies. Wow. <laughs> of all the things I missed about the show, I miss Tony being wrong always. We've already got a me. We don't need another me. <laughs> oh boy, of the sheer episode. <laughs> <laughs> Ah yes, Derek. Lover of lobster women, defender of Starfire's fidelity. I just want to know who is the consultant? Who could he be? <laughs> no! I have no heart! <laughs> Nobody can relate to a, a talking cat that eats lasagna. I'll okay. do it, but I want to be immediately killed afterwards. <laughs> Derek, in your Derek lair, do you have a list of that tells you, like, how to take down the other fan holes should we, like, go crazy. How does my stupid voice sound? You sound beautiful. Like ten times sexier. Good job. No one gets us, because we don't explain it. Hey guys, welcome back to another fanorific, star-tastic episode of Fan Holes Podcast. Hey, what's up, guys? This is Derek, Derek WC. I'm going to be one of your hosts tonight, and I am joined by two of my fellow star-faring fan holes. Why don't you guys give a shout-out and let everybody know who's here tonight? Hey, it's Michael. And this is Justin. All right, so I, I basically have a a IMDb Justin-style synopsis for what we're going to talk about tonight, so it's not going to be long and drawn out, hopefully. But yeah, we decided we wanted to get together and talk about a a recent Star Trek fan film. It's called Star Trek First Frontier. You may have first seen it September 8th, 2020, because that's when it kind of dropped on the old YouTube and other social media venues. And basically, it's the story of the initial launch of the Starship USS Enterprise in 2245, which was, as longtime Star Trek fans of the original series know, under the command of Captain Robert April, and probably breaking a shit ton of regulations and rules, along with his wife, Commander Sarah April. So yeah, I mean, that's that's kind of the long and short of it. That's the IMDb synopsis, like, that's it. Um, I guess if people want to know more, they should probably go to YouTube and check it out themselves. Maybe we'll put a link in the show notes. Um, it's about, it's an hour and a half fan film. It, it kind of deals with... I guess Robert April having some post-traumatic stress and him being on board a mission on the first launch of, you know, one of the launches of the Enterprise. But then there's this kind of alien race that becomes involved that is very, uh, not, not, not very Star Trek-like. They, they don't want to exchange new ideas and, and, uh, you know, join the Federation. They're just out to kind of destroy, exterminate. We'll, we'll get into that in a moment. But yeah, so, and, and it's kind of their adventure to, uh, to stop that species from wiping out life as we know it. But yeah, that's, that's pretty much it. I mean, um, I know, like, Justin's like a super Robert April fan, and this was something he mentioned that he wanted to discuss. I mean, I did watch this of my own accord. I was kind of curious. I forget, was it you that showed me this, Justin? Like, I, I kind of don't know how I I uh, stumbled upon this, or if this was, like, on purpose, or if it was just something I was kind of like, hey, I'm bored, I'll check this out, or whatever. I, I don't exactly remember the strain of events that caused me to originally watch this, but I had watched this before you suggested we talk about this on the show. 
I believe I posted it on Bot Talk just a few days after it came okay. out. Okay, that's probably what it was. And then I probably like I, I think at that point I probably like saved it or something. I was like, hey, Justin posted this. It seemed like he liked it. Like, let me let me give this a shot. I think that was my my um my train of thought. I do remember Justin posting it, but I don't think I watched it. I was like an hour and twenty minutes. Oh, <laughs> You you watch you you watch Star Trek fan films though, right, Mike? Like like one thing I've never watched yeah. that I think both of you guys have repeatedly praised was what like Star Trek continues. Is that what it is? Yeah. Okay. Yep. And then and then I watched yeah. Yeah, and there's there, there's there's I mean I, there must be hundreds of Star Trek fan projects, but I mean I I do remember you guys specifically kind of talking about that or praising that you know those kind of things. So this is not your your first rodeo with like sort of fan films or fan series or that kind of thing. And even specifically like Star Trek fan film series. No, not at all. I think what did Star Trek continues have like 12 episodes, Justin? I don't remember. 11, 12 or 13, something along that. But yeah, I watched all of those. Yeah, those were good. So I guess just to kick it off, I mean, what, what do you guys think of this Star Trek first frontier film? And, and maybe if you want to even get into it, like I know you guys were, you know, I know Justin kind of praised this, and I'm pretty sure he enjoyed Continues. But like for you, Mike, does this compare to Continues? Do you like it more? Do you like it less? Like what? You know, I guess what are your initial thoughts on Star Trek: First Frontier? It's okay. I don't think it's very like it's weird. I don't think it's very original. Like from a plot standpoint, like I don't know. Like the it's it's almost like they they were having a tug of war with being like faithful to the original, the fetal of the original series and like almost trying to be like a sort of Abrams movie too at the same time, but they weren't quite, I don't know. The balance wasn't quite there. Like star Trek continues is like, you know, like really, really slavishly devoted to like being like the, the original series. So they went, they picked a direction and went in it, but I wasn't so sure about this. Like, I don't know. And like I said, like the plot, I don't know. It's like the aliens are like the most generically evil, like aliens there could be. It's like, you know, what does the the blood say? Like, all will die. Like, oh, OK, well, there's really no room for debate there. Like their motivations are clear. Like, you know, that there was no like mystery or anything. It was just like, you know, these are bad guys. Let's go fight them. So I don't know. It wasn't too complex. What about you, Justin? Like, what was your initial impression of Star Trek First Frontier? I really enjoyed it. Robert April has always been one of those aspects of Star Trek that have intrigued me. Like, uh, anything that kind of took place prior to the original series, like before Enterprise, the television series was ever created, I was always interested in. Whether it was like World War Three or the Eugenics Wars or, you know, the adventures of Captain Pike. Like, Anything like that, like I was always interested in and I wanted to learn more. And if it was like name dropped in a comic or a novel like that immediately had my attention. And for Robert April, like he only has like, you know, I I could be mistaken. I've not read every Star Trek novel out there, but there are only like two novels where he's like a major character. And of course, I've, I've read those, you know long long time ago so uh when i saw like there was a fan film out all about him taking command of the enterprise i was like oh okay like that sounds cool i can't really argue with mike's 
take. I think I really enjoy this, but I have two big critiques. The aliens are super bland, generic. Like I, when April was like on their little alien ship and stuff, I was like, okay, he's going to like learn something. He's going to learn something more about them, like something deeper. You know, like it, it can't just be like, oh, we'll die and they enjoy killing and stuff because like they're, I mean, their motivations are all over the place. Like, they put a bomb on the Endeavor and cause the warp core to explode. And then, like, they kidnap his sister, and they're doing all this stuff that doesn't quite... It, it's all, like, very scattershot. And I was like, okay, this is... I don't know, whatever. The You know, it is what it is. It's a fan film. And then, I guess, my biggest critique, which is the critique that everyone is going to have, is the audio mixing for this is pretty pretty bad like specifically yeah <clears throat> like when the endeavor starts to overload like and the action kicks up like it all it's like it just shatters and falls apart there's just too many layers of audio and it's not even balanced it's like you've got you've got sound effects and music and dialogue and then you've got like background uh sound effects and it's none of it's balanced it's just like layer on top of layer on top of layer i'm like Dude, I I could have did this better myself in like premiere. Like I, you know, like editing the podcast over the years. It's like you guys have shown me like how to like you know increase the music at, at you know at this moment or or you know it's like okay I listen to this like maybe you need to decrease the music because you know when you're talking you know your voice is kind of low and the music is overpowering your you know what you're saying like. There's a lot of moments in this where, like, the music is just bursting, and they're really into that Star Trek II soundtrack. And, and I can't blame them. It's a great soundtrack. But I want to hear what Captain April is saying. Like, I've heard the Star Trek II soundtrack. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, but what about you, Derek? Like, what did you think of I this? I mean, that, I guess I, I – the two things that you guys said that I, I – that resonate with me the most, that I key in with the most is – you know, of course, I'm I'm kind of laughing about it, but I I definitely agree with your assessment. Like, I think the films one I, I can be forgiving of a lot of things because it's not technically you know it's it's a fan film like all this yeah. other stuff. I mean, you know, also technically, it it cost a lot of money. Well, you know, not not millions of dollars, but but it cost maybe a quarter of a million dollars to make. So it's not like they didn't spend money on it. And they hired like a lot of quote unquote sag actors to be in the film. So so I mean, fan film you know, it's 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 one of those weird like things. It's like it, it kinda it, it it's weird because this was apparently shot uh before all those edicts went into place or those guidelines you know that paramount cbs viacom had for fan films where it's like oh it can't be longer than 15 minutes you can't uh, hire original cast members you can't do this you can't do that blah 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 right so they they had all these guidelines and then it's supposed to be like oh well they're just guidelines you know you can do whatever you want but we may come and sue you or you know however that was supposed to play out and apparently a lot of different fan film series that were in development before those guidelines officially went into effect to had some kind of out clause where they're like, well, we were doing this before then, so it's okay for us to do this now type thing. Or I think some fan films went back and like 
took out a lot of the Star Trekky sound effects or what you know whatever it was to make it compatible with the guidelines to continue showing their film or whatever that kind of thing. So apparently this was shot like the actual footage was shot I think back in like 2015. Um, and so, you know, obviously it didn't get released until 2020. I think the plan was to release it in like 2017. And then apparently there was this big odyssey with the special effects. I think the initial thought was, you know, we're not going to do any CGI. It's all going to be models. It's going to be like the coolest thing ever. And when that sort of didn't pan out, then I think they went through a couple, uh, professional FX houses, you know, people to do it. And I think the first one didn't pan out or they got busy doing, you know, quote unquote, actual, you know, uh, professional work. And then, and then I think the, the second way it panned out, it sounded like there was some kind of deal where the Axonar people needed sets. And so they had all these sets from this shoot and then they kind of did a swapsies where they're like, hey, I'll let you have my sets or use these sets if you hook me up with a visual FX person. And so I think somehow, you know, hands were shaked, you know, stuff was signed, like whatever it was, right? And so n- then you have the visual effects you have in this piece, which, you know, for all intents and purposes, you know, I, I don't have any complaints about, but I definitely agree Um, As you put it, the audio mixing, like, I I think this could have heavily standed uh, somebody going over this with ADR. Like, there's no ADR in this. Like, or if there is, it's, uh, you know, like you said, the, the, the love and passion, this is the nicest way I can say it, the love and passion for the James Horner score and all the, the Star Trek sound effects uh, seems to somehow take precedence over the actual dialogue of the actors, which I think is a mistake. You know, like, that's, that's the thing where it's like, it's, it overpowers your story points and, and the actors on screen, and that really shouldn't be happening. You shouldn't, you shouldn't have the, you know, bloop bloop aliens going like, while there's like this important, plot point being spoken about and if if they are doing it you know there's like you said there's there's got to be some checks and balances right you got to have a moment where you can actually hear robert april say whatever important plot point he needs to say before you go into the the blaring james horner theme or the the crazy phaser noises or you know whatever it is that that they're kind of hell-bent on like spinal tapping, I guess, you know, they're just, we're going to crank this up to 11, man, you know, like, and I'm just like, dude, no, no, you got to crank it down to like negative four, you know what I'm saying? So we can hear what the fuck's going on. Um, so I definitely agree with that. And that resonates with me. The other thing that I think resonates with me, and, and I don't think it necessarily occurred to me until the second viewing, but what Mike said about not deciding whether they wanted to be uh, an original series themed film or or if they wanted to have these these JJ Abrams moments I- of a film and and what's interesting about that is I, I think regardless of how certain actors chose to play things and visual effects and costuming and all that kind of stuff I mean yes they're trying to make something set during the original series timeline quote unquote but I think, even so far as the script goes, the, the, the fact that it's like they want to have 
I mean, I even felt like there were moments of, and even this was, you know, probably written way before Discovery ever came out, but there, there are moments in this that are like super to dramas where it's like, you feel like at least the the very, very specifically the scene between Sarah and Robert, you know, their private scene where they have the fight and all that kind of stuff. And he's like, I'm a broken man, you know, or whatever and all that shit. (laughs) You know, it's like that, that felt very... Uh, kind of either either if not discovery you know who knows maybe it was you know influenced by things like the the Battlestar Galactica remake you know the fact that it's like you know in that moment it's that that kind of comment I make about that series that's a that's a drama disguised as science fiction right like that's what that show is and so there are moments of that in this and then of course exactly what Mike said that heavily resonated with me there are these moments where it's like oh shit this is just a this this is they're they're trying to do a a redo of the 2009 Abrams film like that moment where he he figures out like it's like he he's Chekhov in that one scene in the 2009 except April's Chekhov you know he's like oh there's a bomb oh there's a bomb quick let me run down the hall let me get in the turbo lift come on turbo lift gotta go fast okay look there's a bomb throw it in the thing okay bomb explodes and then the transporter guy's like. What just happened, eh? <laughs> you know, and it's like, it's supposed to be this kind of like, we're going to run through the halls. Everything's exciting because we're talking fast and we're running, you know. And, and so there's that kind of aspect to it where, where I get what you're saying. You, you feel like they, you know, the, the tone, e- even though the costuming stays the same, even though these visual effects try to give you a try to sell you i think is the best way to put it they try to sell you on the fact that there's a consistent tone that's swathed throughout this film it's not consistent because you come to the aliens and you know feel free to throw tomatoes justin but man are these not the most doctor who motherfucking (laughs) bbc piece of shit aliens you've ever seen in your Uh. fucking life he beams to the fucking thing that they they wish they, you know, I'm sorry, I'm going to say mean things, so forgive me, people who worked on this and fan films and all this other stuff, but, I, you know, whatever. I'm, I'm being asked my opinion, I'm giving my opinion. They, he beams onto the thing, they wish they were, they were James Cameron and aliens. They're trying to go for that moody thing, you know, they've got the smoke and the, the you know, everything's creepy and it's got that kind of almost, uh, what is it, sepia tint over everything, and it's like, oh, this is, these aliens are, they're going to kill everybody, all must die. It's like they can't figure out something cool like, oh, guess what? Uh, If if it was like the next generation, like Data and Picard would be like, so they wanted to dye everyone's hair? This was just a big misunderstanding, Mr. Data? (laughs) Apparently so, Captain. It's just hair dye. And it's like, oh, okay, they, they captured my sister to dye her hair? What? But anyway, it's not like that. They're here to murder everybody. Um, and he beams over, and it's like, I'm like, is that a fucking used condom right next to Captain April's head? Like, what the fuck is that? I don't know. It's supposed to be all drippy and alieny and stuff. I don't know. Anyway, I, I didn't know what was going on there. So, like, yes, I'll, I'll be critical of that. Like, that, the, the, clearly, the, that, I don't know. If the budget was spent there, you know. Um, the, the only other thing I'm going to say, and this is like super duper petty. But I'm just going to say it anyway, is it's like, it's weird. Like, like part of me wants to be forgiving because you're like, oh, Kirsch, just a fan film. But then again, I'm like, they spent a quarter of a million dollars on this and they hired like, you know, quote unquote, you know, 
SAG actors on it too. So I'm like, well, I, you know, I don't know. I, I, I it's, I, I, I'm kind of teetering on this is a fan film. This is something somebody spent a shit ton of money on, but then they didn't. It's like they were really concerned about certain details, but other details they thought people would forgive them for. And what's interesting is, I guess, in, in this whole odyssey of the special effects, like I think at some point when they gave up on the, the practical model effects, they were just going to do kind of like, I don't know, two-dimensional effects, you know? Like, like who knows, maybe it'd be like, you know, Jack Kirby, Marvel superheroes, you know, cut out of the Enterprise, like, you know, floating along or you know what i mean like i don't know what they were originally planning but it sounded like there was a cut of the film where it had kind of uh, subpar visual effects let's say or at least very basic visual effects and 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 at some point they considered just releasing that you know and kind of hoping the the the, the weight of the story would carry it and you wouldn't care too much about the visual effects and i feel like some of that attitude kind of seeped into the set design. Cause I'm like, th there's moments where I'm just kind of like, okay, Robert April's apartment. Like, like that's just an apartment. Like they have the one, they have the one piece where it's a little funky looking where you could figure, Oh, that's, that looks like a 24th century shelf. Cause it's like in the shape of like a, a, a trapezoid or some shit. And it's got, or a diamond and it's got like the silver and you're like, okay, that's a little, kooky like most normal people don't have that so you're like okay that could be a little futuristic or whatever but basically like if you see a doorknob and you see yeah. like those four <laughs> rectangular you know indents in the door of the doorknob and then right next to that like sorry i'm getting really anal about it but it's just like it drives me nuts because i'm like that's not star trek and, and right next to the diamond like on the left hand side you can see the electrical outlet I'm just kind of like, dude, bro, there's no, I mean, if, 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 if it was like, okay, you're doing basic stuff. Like I, I would have been happier if they had put a green screen over all of that and just yeah. made some kind of like, you know, okay, you've got a couch, but here's the green screen of like the San Francisco Bay or, you know, like something like whatever it was like, like even if the green screen and it wasn't perfect all the time, like sometimes you could see dudes schnozzes like faded into the background because the green screen, you know, it's like green screen's tough. Like it's not, it's not easy to find that balance to where like you're a translucent dude on, you, you know, you look like fucking Casper versus, you know. Like, you know, looking like you're staring outside a window or something like that. So I get it. It's not easy, right? And it's all incumbent on how well the lighting was done at the time and all that other stuff. So I understand it's difficult. So I'm not trying to be like a total dick about it. But, you know, the, those set design things. And then, the, the you know, the other thing. I'm just getting into more specifics now. But, like, there, you know that scene between um, the... the uh, I, I don't know what the character's name is, but you know the Asian dude that was bald and he kind of is going, he's having the conversation with April and he's kind of like, well, we don't know very much, but what we do know is they want us all dead. And we know that they flash light as a defense, but other than that, we don't really know very much about them, you know, and all that kind of stuff. And he's going through the briefing and everything. And I'm kind of like, man, like so, some of the dialogue these poor people had to say, I kind of feel bad for, but... 
in that scene, sorry, I mean, obviously I wasn't that interested in the scene because I'm like checking out everything in the background. It's supposed to be Robert April's quarters, okay? The gate, the gate works. Like the gate kind of works because it's like I kind of remember, it looks like maybe it should be engineering or something, but there's a gate and in the gate there's a plant and I'm kind of like, okay, well, he's got like some kind of, you know, I don't know, you know, little plant in the back. Okay, fine. That's some kind of weird arboretum you know, mini arboretum in his quarters or some shit, like a, I don't know, like a fish tank or something, I don't know, whatever, right? So I'm like, okay, I, I, I can go along with that. That's kind of Star Trek-y, that's kind of futuristic, and I can kind of see that. Um, but then I'm like looking around and I'm like, he's got a, I mean, I don't know, you know, you know what it's like, like, remember when we were like, why, why does Picard have a photo album and why does the, why do the Polaroids have those stupid, like, you know, um, those stupid rainbow like their future photos future photos or whatever like like why why does that look so dumb so in this case they went the completely opposite direction which is also like really dumb to me where it's like he's got a wooden frame with a photo of it him somewhere and it looks like he's just like you know hanging out as a at his apartment balcony which is not futuristic so i'm like i'm staring at this thing i'm like what wait what and he's got books and what like I, I don't know, like, you know what I mean? Like, 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 uh, some of it kind of works, because I can kind of say, okay, you can say, like, oh, Robert April's, like, a scholarly man, like, Picard or Kirk or whatever, maybe he's got some hard copies of books he really loves, like, okay, I, I can kind of let that slide, but, like, the, the photo with the wooden frame, I'm just kind of like, wait, what? Like, I, I don't know, like, like, some, some stuff to me, like, the electrical socket and the doorknob, like, those things just don't scream Star Trek. And if you couldn't afford the sliding doors, you know, like maybe, you know, just do all of it in green. I don't know. You know, like, like some of that stuff, I think I, I would have reshot or lost or tried to cover, you know, like, I don't know, put a, put a, you know, a, a weird, like, dish or something funky over the electrical you know what i mean like put something or 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 maybe robert april's got like you know i don't know a collection of uh you know something or other you know like 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 kirk had those um you know the the all the different uh you know military you know uh you know rifles and swords and whatever he had the pistols and all that stuff like maybe put something like that over the electrical outlet so you don't see it or so i don't know anyway um, because it's like that's just like super obvious that that's like a studio apartment somewhere. Uh, don't don't feel bad. It really bugged me too the first time I saw it, and it bugged me the second time too. So I was like, I was like, oh come on, like don't don't block your shot like that. Like it's obvious, like you're in someone's apartment. Yeah, come on. yeah. Or, or or even then, like when he's when he's having the flashbacks in that apartment, you can see he's sitting on a couch, and behind the couch are like blinds, and I'm just kind of like. Dude, no, man, like, even Blade Runner, you know, you know what I mean? Like, you, you gotta have, like, future shit where it's like, you know, uh, you know, the clapper, you know, like, puts the, the, the tint over the windows or something, you know, like, something cool, like, you can't, would it, you can't just have would blinds. Would it have been better, would it have been better if there was, like, those, like, holograms for Picard's photo album on the blinds? <laughs> They have those rainbow, like, silvery tints on <laughs> No, no, that would not have been better. Um, that would have made me go in the other room and hang They're myself. future blinds. Future blinds, because they got, they got gl hollow glitter shit on them or whatever. Holographic uh, foil cover whatever on them. 
Yeah. Um, I, I do want to say some good things about this. The, the, you know, because there, there, there were some things, I mean, this is, this is mostly a fun fan film. It's, it's, it's a long fan film. I, I remember I did recommend this to our buddy Shag and cause I know like yourself, Justin, he loves Robert April a lot. Um, and, and when I, when I recommended it, I, I think I said something along the lines of, you might like this cause you like Robert April, uh, just fair warning, you know, the, the audio, you know, it's a fan film. The audio, you know, can use a little work. It might be a little tough to sit through. And I think, you know, that didn't phase him too much because I think he was super passionate about Robert April and, and it seemed like he enjoyed it. And I think, actually, uh, depending on when we release this or when they release theirs, I think him and Clinton are going to do a, uh, like a fan film Fridays or you know, something on, on this as well. So hopefully, you know, if you're, if you're through listening to us, Yahoo's talk about it, maybe go listen to them talk about it too. Cause maybe they have some, some different takes on this stuff, but for, for good stuff, man, like I know Barry Corbin wasn't like dressed like he was in the future the whole time, but like he was really good as, as John April, as, as, uh, it, it, you know, Robert April's dad that came by and was like, this is a stiff drink, you know? And I'm like, damn, like, like, cause his lines are not like, I mean, it's like, son, I believe in you and I'm with you a hundred percent. And it's like, really like, I was like, man, he's selling the shit out of that dog food, dude. Like he's, he's working it. And, and like, it, and you, you know, what's funny is that's one of those like happy accidents. Cause I think most of the music in this is like overbearing and it messes with people's performances and the, the like you said the audio mix it, it does kind of it, it's very unbalanced but I think in that particular scene like uh, for some reason like I think all that stuff came together like he gave a really winning performance and and maybe by happenstance or accident like the music wasn't overbearing and the cues came in just at the right moment and I don't think they could replicate that because it was a pre-made score. You know what I mean? Like, like it didn't work in a lot of the other scenes, but I think in, in that sequence where he's talking to his dad, like I thought that was a really, really good sequence. Um, but I think like once, you know, once the nacelle explodes and all that, you know, then, then the audio kind of goes out the window, you know, like there's, there's a lot of moments where, you know, stuff gets drowned out because of, of bad sound and stuff like that. Um, Justin, what about the scene where they, they do, like, to me, I thought it was kind of a Star Trek The Motion Picture kind of homage, like the scene where he's he's looking over the Enterprise with his new, I guess, flight officer or whatever she was supposed to be, and he's looking over the ship. Like, that that did kind of remind me of, you know, when Kirk's doing the thing with, um, with Scotty in the motion picture. This movie reminds me a lot of, like, the early part of star trek motion picture like when they're you know when they're like on the enterprise and they're getting things ready and like they've not even left like this movie actually takes a, a good while before they actually leave dry dog yeah, i mean yeah. it's like what 45 minutes at least maybe maybe even a little bit longer and all the action takes place you know either on the enterprise or on earth or in some space station or something and it's it's a little slow moving, but not like, you know, not not unbearably. I enjoyed it both times I watched it, but I was just like, oh, this is kind of 
it's, it kind of feels a little bit like Star Trek motion picture. And I was like, eh, maybe it's just me, you know. No, 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 no. I, I, I think it does. I mean, y- you know what, too? Like, like maybe one of the things that's unfair is this is a fan film. But you, you know what else this kind of reminds me of? And, and maybe you'll see this and maybe you won't. But you know how F-91 was designed to be like the pilot of a 50-episode like Tomino Gundam series, but it just ended up being compressed into a, a movie. And you feel like there's a lot more that they could tell with those characters. And it just kind of got all, you know, condensed and crunched into just like a movie length type thing. I, I'm not saying that things felt too crunched or condensed, but I, I do kind of feel like, you know, some of these characters that they introduced were fun, you know, like, like, I do think, I do think, I agree with Mike. Like, I do think they leaned a little towards, like, a J.J. Abrams kind of tone, you know? But the, the, the Ensign kid, like, he was really good. The, the Andorian girl, I think, is kind of cute, you know? And then, and then even, you know, even though he's dumb, like, the, the KO Chris Hemsworth, like, he was fun too. I mean, you know, it's like, eh, you know, I mean, I know some of it's cheese ball, but it's like, if you look at it, like, it's a, a J.J. Abrams movie, you know, it's like, ah, you know, it's okay. You know, I really wanted them to do more with uh, uh, Doctor Dystrom. Mm. Like he only had one scene. Like they mentioned him in dialogue, like kind of early on. It's like, oh, we've got uh, you know Doctor uh, Dystrom here, and he's going to be with us to you know, uh, you know, help along for like two weeks or something. And he has one scene during their big conference meeting, and that's it. That's and I it. was like. <laughs> I was like, you know, you could have, you could have like used him in like maybe one more scene. Like, there's some kind of weird problem, like something's out of alignment, and there's no way they could have ever fixed it if he hadn't have been there. Like, yeah, that, yeah. that would have been good. But I was like, oh, this is kind of neat because you know, when we see when we see him in the original series, like he's crazy town banana pants. Mm-hmm. Like he's had his mental breakdown, and you know, he's he's cracked from all the pressure and everything, and all the awards and accolades. And I was like, oh, here he is in his prime. Like this will be this will be a lot of fun to see, and we don't really get to see that much of him. I didn't I didn't do a deep dive into this, but part of me speculates and wonders if some some of those roles were just kind of like thrown in prizes there. or hand me outs or something you know what i mean um, like 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 okay. that that you like know, for kickstarter backing or, or, something? or something like well because apparently the kickstarter never went through like there was a kickstarter for this it raised like thirty thousand of the hundred thirty thousand they were asking for so i guess the way that works is they didn't raise anything right and he, right. he canceled it and then uh, supposedly financed this of his own accord but I, I wonder if there's like, you know, kind of like how I was explaining, like there was tit for tat favors, like I, you get me a visual effects guy if I give you these sets. Like, I wonder if if some of these roles, because what you'll know, uh, well, one thing you might not notice is remember the the captain that had all the makeup at the end? He was the, the Tellerite captain that's like, uh, uh-huh. hey, what's up? Blah, 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 blah. Like that guy was one of the screenwriters of this. Okay. So like there's there's certain things like you notice where you're like, ah, I see what you did there. Like this is his, you know, Hitchcock or whatever, you know, like those kind of things. And then um I don't know if you notice or not, but the guy who directed this is on my avatar and you'll notice the uh the the one yeoman that comes in uh-huh. is is on his lap and apparently that's his fiance at that time and I think they're now married. So you're kind of like, "Oh, well, that's, you know, I mean, you know, 
you're like, hey, that's that's why she's there. You know what I mean? Or or at least, you know, whatever. Whatever you want to take away from that. You know, like like there's moments like that where, you know, and, and a lot of these guys do have significant credits, you know, so it's like I'm not I'm not trying to cast aspersions on on anybody who's in this or anything, like they're not a real actor, quote unquote. Because you you look at stuff. Um, this might be something fun to talk that you guys may not have noticed, but like a bunch of these guys, I, I, I don't think I noticed. There's one specifically that stood out to me where I was like, oh, holy shit, it's that guy. But uh, I, I think I did a quick look on people's IMDb's and I think like the Ensign kid that was like, hey, we can do this with the, you know, we, we can do this with the computers oh, and all that. Eric, Eric, you mean Ensign Superbad? Ensign Superbad. Yes. <laughs> and apparently, like, he was in, he, 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 I think he's credited as a scowler in Wonder Woman 1984, so I have no idea where the fuck he is. <laughs> okay. But, but, but if, 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 if we ever want to revisit that fucking piece of shit again, we can go nope. back and find scowler and go, hey, look, it's the little Linson kid from, from First Frontier. Uh, I guess the guy who played Robert April, and I haven't seen this either, so I wouldn't know, but apparently he he has some kind of bit role in the Watchmen HBO show as, like, a farmer or some such. So, it's like, and, and he's been on a bunch of different, like, TV shows and stuff like that. So, so he's obviously had a career with a lot of credits. The, the thing that stood out to me that I didn't realize when I first watched this, but now that I'm watching it the second time, because I hadn't seen it, I think, at the time, or maybe I was, I don't know, anyway... The guy who's there, like, uh, I want to say, wh- what was he, like, the engineer or something? The, you know, the guy who comes on and he, he's, like, talking to Ensign Kid about the computer. And he's like, oh, we can manage that with a, you know, from a fremostat or whatever. Like, the, the guy who kind of had his hair slicked back and he had the little beard and all that. And he was in the, the conference with all of them when they're discussing what to do. Do you remember that guy? Yeah, then he went on the uh, outside of the ship during war, yeah, right? Yeah, okay. Uh, that's, oh, and, and, and you haven't seen this show, so it probably won't mean too much to you now that I'm thinking about it. But for anyone who's listening who has seen this show, Sir Justin, the, the Shining Knight, shows up on Stargirl at some point. Spoilers if you haven't seen it. But um, he shows up as a janitor at first, and then he slowly sort of remembers who he is or whatever, right? And that actor is the Shining Knight, basically, in Stargirl. So I was, like, sitting there kind of going, oh, that was What's-His-Face from Stargirl. And I was like, oh, okay, yeah, I remember that now. You know, like, I was like, oh, okay. And I don't remember the sequence of events. Like, I don't know if I had been watching Stargirl, but he just hadn't shown up yet or whatever. But, you know, I, I basically, this is me just kind of connecting the dots with that for the first time, going, oh, yeah, that guy went on to be Sir Justin. You know, and I was like, oh, okay, cool. So anyway, and I don't know the the I guess going back to the whole notion of like if this was a TV pilot, like a you know ninety minute TV pilot on like freaking Fox back in the day, you know when they would do shit like that to kick off a series. Like I would watch more episodes about Lyra, you know, and her whole you know you know dilemma with you know oh I'm, I want to be in Starfleet, but then you know it seemed like they had this uh, you know almost Major Barrett and Dorian mother empress that's like you here right now young lady you know and all that shit like so it's like i i I could see like them getting basically if they had to focus on some of these guys you know they could they could do like you know character centric episodes on the ensign kid or the the ko chris hemsworth you know doing his security shit or whatever you know like all that kind of stuff 
Yeah, I was I was going to agree with you that like I think it, the guy who played his father was probably the most believable yeah. actor. Yeah, yeah, like, he was I mean, great. And they they all, none of them were really like terrible or anything, but he was like a cut above. Like yeah. he, he he clearly yeah he had some experience. I mean, I, and I, I do think it's the the kind of conjunction of events too. You know what I mean? Like like I I, I think all of them probably have some professional credits in their history you know but he'd been in the business for so long he could basically like i said he he could take anything and and sell it to you and he sold it like the the thing about him is he's so good you're not super concerned that he's wearing a button-up shirt in the future you know what i mean like 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 (laughs) he's so good on screen it's like who cares what he's wearing he's got so he's got a little pendant to say he's from the future okay fine like you know what i mean like like because he's so you know, captivating and you, and you want to listen to him and pay attention to him, you know, it doesn't really matter. Whereas like some of the other guys, like you said, they're, you know, he's a cut above and the other guys, they're fine. But you know, sometimes you're sitting there kind of going, Oh man, like uh, to me, I could kind of appreciate the, the, because it's like, think of the, the Asian guy, right? Like he's not bad, but he's not as good as, um, Barry Corbin, you know, like, it's like, he, he's trying to deliver a bunch of Star Trek techno babble, techno speak to Robert April. And everyone knows, like anyone who's ever worked on a Star Trek show, that's the first thing they tell you is the horror, you know, so I got to memorize this techno babble. I got to say it with meaning and passion. Like it makes sense to me. And, you know, there, there's, there's all this kind of stuff that you have to do and then throw into it. The ADR is not that good. You know, the, 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 the music might be overpowering him at some moments or whatever. And so, you know, it's like, I think with, with Barry Corbin, all that stuff worked out swimmingly. But I think, unfortunately, for some of these other guys, you're kind of like sitting there going, oh man, he had to, he had to deliver this whopper of an expository dump about stupid Doctor Who aliens that they're like, man, we want to dye your hair, you know, or whatever, you know, I'm just kind of like, you know, like, like, I feel bad for him, because it's like, I can tell, I bet you if I saw him in other stuff, he's, he's a character actor, he's got a distinct look, like, I'm sure people hire him, because they're like, oh, he looks pretty cool, he can be this guy in the background, and nobody will miss him, or whatever, and, and so it's like, you know, he's got good facial expressions and moments and all this other stuff, but it's like, that scene was his big scene, and his big scene was kind of like, well, Captain, uh, we don't know too much about them, but we know this, and we know this, and they might like hot dogs, but we don't really know, you know? And it's just kind of like, man, that's kind of like shitty dialogue, and he was trying to make the most out of it, you know what I mean? And, like, some of it comes through in the end, too, where it kind of makes me chuckle. Like, they, they, you know, they do the whole ploy, you know, they, they make it look like their engines are dead, and then he's like, wait for it, wait for it, all right, fire, and they fire, and they blow up the fucking ship and everything. And, like, that's my favorite scene, because it cracks me up, because it's like, the little chubby helmsman is like, yeah, or whatever, and, like, everybody turns around, and they're like, yeah, and they're all, like, super happy and shit, and, and I love it when Robert April puts his hand on Chubby Helmsman, and it's like, good job, buddy, good job for holding your breath there, like, way to go, <laughs> like, way to go, whoo, like, good job doing that, or whatever, because I was just like, what did you, what did he do, like, what, <laughs> what the fuck did, like, okay, he, he listened to your order, he fired, like, I thought the other girl fired, like, I don't know who was firing, but apparently they, one of them gets a tap on the shoulder and the other one doesn't, because I guess the chubby guy won't 
submit sexual harassment forms with Starfleet. I don't know. You know, I don't. I don't know what the deal is, but you know. So anyway, I thought that yeah, it's kind of funny. I think one of the main things that exposed this is like a fan production for me. Aside from like, I, I did notice the crappy audio mix, but the action scenes, like a lot of them were like very quickly edited. Mm. Like, and I feel like that was to like, you know, disguise, mm. like, you know, they couldn't do a lot of things or, you know, the budget or whatever. And like, you like when the the nacelle explodes at the beginning and like the you know everyone there's a you know a breach or you know the the dude who was uh uh his like old what was it his old captain or or uh, his old like uh first officer who's now a captain who gets hurt oh, oh like the, that the guy. Old, i got things yeah. to say about that guy but go ahead but but like he yeah like a, there's like an explosion and somehow he gets hurt and like i couldn't like tell like like they don't do a good job of like showing how he got hurt. Like it's just like the the lights go out, and yes. then like all of a sudden he's got blood on his forehead, and yeah. he's like, "Down I go!" Like, and then it's like, <laughs> "What happened? Like what?" Yeah, there there was a lot of stuff like that. I don't know. I might be conflating the two guys, but I think the guy that went down was like what his his former admiral or whoever. I don't know what. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. That's the guy I'm thinking. Of. I, yeah, I, I was thinking of the guy that was like his his buddy that was the captain, but like got uh, infected by the Doctor Who alien or whatever. Oh you know? yeah, because yeah. he I, I, he he also had an awkward moment because it's like he gets like somehow zapped by the alien, but it's like then he's like slumped over, almost like he couldn't be bothered to show up for the shoot that day, and then the the you know, his wife hits him with the hypo spray where he's off camera. And then like the next time you see him, he's got like all that green goop on his face where he's like, I knew you'd be here as the captain uh," or whatever he does. Right. And like, he has that one awkward scene where he's like, where is that yeoman? You know, he's like, cause I'm going to hit that shit or whatever. (laughs) And like, and I was just kind of like, yeah, I was kind of like, I was kind of like, well, one, I'm like, Damn, you know, I, it's funny because I was talking to Tony about this earlier and he's like, oh, look, it's dad bod Star Trek. And I, I kind of thought about that guy specifically because I'm just kind of sitting there going like, nobody wants to like make whoopee with you, bro. Like, what, who are you kidding? Like, you know, you got a little pooch in your fucking Starfleet outfit and like, come on, like, you know, whatever. And I was like, I, you know, I don't know. I, in, in my initial instinct, and this is going to be me being like a bitter, you know, kind of, uh, you know, uh, I, I, you know, I, I, I was not a successfully professional actor type thing. Right. But my, my, I look at that guy and I'm just kind of like, okay, like, did he pay for this somehow? Like, did he finance it? Like, how did this guy get involved in this? Right. So I start looking and I, I you know, I don't know, I can't prove anything, but I'm like sitting there going, well, if you look at his IMDB page, he looks like a major sleaze. There's like not one picture of him without his chest open. Like showing his hair, and there's pretty much like 90% of the pictures, he's got some starlet girl next to him or something like that. So I think that's sleazy. And then, like, (laughs) and then I'm looking and it's like, oh, he's got hundreds of credits because he wrote a book on how to make uh, films for no budget and like all this other, you know, and I don't know. It just, I, it just, it's like one of those things where I'm just like, are you just, like some dude who's like independently wealthy and you're just like moonlighting like you can go act and you're like i'm an actor and like check out like all these cool chicks on my arm even though i'm the ugliest fucking thing who's ever lived you know and i'm just kind of like i don't know anyway i said i was gonna be mean but like yeah look at that guy's imdb page like 
it, it's like really like like what like I don't know I feel like showing you guys now to like justify my comments or whatever but yeah I see he's hanging out with Benicio del Toro yeah yeah something. see that one that's like a total star fucker picture Like that, that's like one of those things where you're like, come on, dude, he doesn't really know him. Like, it's just like, hey, Benicia, take a picture with me. I'm like, I produce <laughs> movies and it's good. this is going to legitimize me. This is going to sell me to all these fucking dumb chicks who think they're going to be actresses. Yeah, I know Benicio. Me and him, we're like this. I can get you in. You know, like that, that's what that feels like to me. But, you know, I could I could be wrong. I'm just, you know, I'm just making all this shit up. I have no evidence. But it's like it's like that. that's the vibe I get when I see all those pictures, you know? He's like, Benicio, I can get you in the last Jedi. <laughs> <laughs> I, can, I can show you how to make movies for, like, no money. It's just like a milk carton and some eggs. Yeah. You know, and I'm just like, what? Like, okay. I'm like, okay, calm down, dude. Calm down. Your nose is fading away when you step into the green screen. Like, stop getting excited. You know, like. I was just going back to the aliens. I was just laughing at how, like, I don't know. Yeah, on. on, on uncomplex they were basically like uh, uh, just and and it's just it's funny because they're like you know they they rip apart their their victims and like turn them inside out or whatever and then they write shit in their blood and then they're like what does the blood say and it's like all will die and then they're like and then they're like there's like almost a scene where they're like what do you think that means (laughs) like i don't know like we should I don't know. Let's look into it. Mr. Data, is it possible they want to dye our hair? Captain, you do not have any hair to dye. What will we do? Um, And then, like, (laughs) their motivations are, like, all, like you said, all over the place. Like, they want to kill everyone, and they seem to want to do it in a really gruesome way, but they also send viruses and set bombs and take hostages. Like, what, what, what's going on? Like, I don't know. Yeah, it, it, it was hard to get a read on them. That that is odd because they they have like this very kind of like post nine eleven like hostage taking scenario, and then again, like that's one of those things too where it was hard to follow the quote unquote action because it's like. You had moments where people were being creeped up on from behind by certain characters, but then, like, and maybe this goes back to my, you know, uh, you know, disappointment with that one episode of The Mandalorian, but I was just kind of like, you know, if somebody creeps up behind you and then the lights go out and shit, like, I'm like, you're fucking dead, right? Like, that's what that means, right? Like, but then, like, they do stuff like that where it was like, you know, you know how they, they, they rescue, it's like they rescue his sister, and then there's, like, a couple other hostages, right? And uh, K.O. Hemsworth is like, Aye, can you fight? And, and the guy's like, yeah, I can fight. And he's like, all right, here's my gun, you know, or whatever, right? And, and, like, and so this guy who's got some bruises on him has this gun. And at some point, the, the fucking Naboo, fucking Kluk Kluk, whatever the fuck, Geonosis, Doctor Who, piece of shit alien creeps up behind him. <laughs> And you're like, oh, poor bastard. He was like, you know, a prisoner of war this whole time. He had a bruise on his fucking eye, and the guy handed him a gun, and he's he's fucked now because the guy came behind him and did the predator thing on him or some shit, right? But then a couple scenes later, he's like right next to everybody else, like, you know, blowing away aliens. So I'm just like, what? Did he just fucking give him a, you know, a, a fucking love bite? Like, what the, what, what happened? Like, I don't, I don't know. Like, some of that stuff, yeah, I think was hard to follow. 
but yeah, like I I don't know. Like you you would think like in a in a traditional Star Trek like original series episode, there would be more to those aliens. And that's why I said it's kind of like a JJ Abrams like, you know, thing. That's why it's like Oh, they want revenge. Like that's their motivation. Revenge. Like, and that's it. Like they want to kill everything. That's it. Like there's no deeper, you know. There's no deeper anything. They're all. Don't don't tell me all mustn't die. All must die. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Don't tell me it didn't die. I saw it die. Yeah. Having finished watch season three of uh, Star Trek Discovery two or three weeks ago, like this, watching this again, like was a great palate mm, cleanser for okay, that because okay. I, I I I hated season three of Discovery I'm sorry I don't want to go off on a tangent no no, but, no that's fine I mean I, I haven't even seen it but like I don't you know I mean that's no, not no you, you know, don't want to yeah. you know like there, there were three episodes I enjoyed everything else all the other episodes it was awful um and it's it's at that point where I'm like do I I mean, you know me, like, I love Star Trek, but I'm like, I never thought I'd be at the point where I, like, question, like, do I want to watch season four? Like, I don't think so, because, like, that was awful. But, like, this, watching this, like, even with all its audio issues and its crappy Doctor Who bad guys and whatever, like, this felt a lot more like Star Trek. And I don't just mean, like, the the, the sets and the costumes, but it just... I, I don't know. It was like putting on like a, a a comfortable pair of like house shoes or something. I'm just like, ah, oh, this this feels much better after wearing like those uncomfortable like shoes mm. that had rocks built into the feet of them or something. I guess I guess I have two follow up questions to that statement. Is there going to be a season four of Discovery? Unfortunately, yes. Oh wow. Okay. Jesus. All right. Um, and then and then my my other follow up is like. I mean, aside from, I I know we briefly brought it up, which I I imagine you both give a stamp of approval to, but uh, outside of this, like, and I know we talked about Star Trek continues briefly. Is there, is there anything else? Like, like if, if, if people listen to this and they say, this sounds kind of interesting, they check it out, they, they kind of like it and, you know, they can appreciate, Hey, you know, yeah, there's some audio issues here and there, but at least it's, it's trying to capture the spirit of, you know, the original series. And if, if that's, you know, kind of where your head at is at with Star Trek, you know, like maybe they, they check it out. Like, is there anything else you guys would, would recommend like as far as like fan films or something like that? I honestly, I don't think so. I think Star Trek continues is probably the best. No wait, There is, uh, there's a, uh, there's actually an enterprise fan film. Uh, is, is it called horizon or horizons? Um, I thought it was actually really enjoyable. Um, you know, for a fan film. I mean, I I love Star Trek, and I've watched so many bad fan films over the years that I kind of just gave up on the whole mm, thing. Yeah, but then yeah. when, when Continues came along, like people kept saying good things, so I I was like, all right, I'll give it a try. And I was like, wow, this this is really good, actually. So I think that kind of renewed my interest. But there, I mean, seriously, there's just so many bad ones out there. And I, I mean, when you were talking about, like, oh, they considered using, like, 2D special effects, like, I've seen that. Like, I've I've seen models on stream. I've mm. seen, like, cutouts from, like, you know, magazines or still shots of, like, you know, the Enterprise from Star Trek V that kind of, like, 
scoots along and there's like a little pew laser in there. I mean, I've I've seen all kinds of bad stuff, but like, you know, the Star Trek continues, uh, the Horizon, I think it's called Star Trek Horizon. It's like an inter- it's set during Enterprise, but it's not set on the NX-01 Enterprise. It's like another NX-class ship. Okay. And then this, like, those are pretty good. I recently watched a, it's like a fake documentary about the Romulan War. Um, it's a fan film. It was, it was interesting. I don't know. Like I've always been interested in the Romulan War, but it, it's kind of like one of those like talking head. It's like like it's set up like an actual documentary yeah, yeah, in yeah, the yeah. Star Trek universe. So you've got like a lot of talking heads. Some of the makeup for like the Vulcans and Romulans looks you know really you know really really bad, and then they use like. They'll borrow footage from, like, Enterprise. I noticed they stole some footage from, like, Babylon 5 because you see, like, the scene of, like, pilots running and grabbing their gear. I'm like, hey, that's from Babylon 5. Like, that's nothing to do with Star Trek. But um, I actually thought it was pretty interesting uh, for what it was. What about you, Mike? Yeah, like, I'm, I, I'm not even a, as big a Star Trek fan as you guys. But, like, yeah, Star Trek continues is, like, so good. It, like, like transcends, like, like any of that where you're like man this is like you could like even if you weren't familiar with like the original series you'd watch and be like man this is really really faithful like you know but uh, i mean this was kind of like and i haven't seen a lot of star trek fan stuff but this was as in terms of general fan stuff i've watched like this was kind of like middle of the road i guess like there were the acting was, you know, on the pole, like above average. Like, I think that the one guy like pushed it over the top, like just, you know, just enough. Like, I, I've seen truly bad acting in like fan films and there were there was not, a, you know, th- th- they were all pretty decent. Um, like I said, I think that the certain technical like the I thought the plot was pretty weak, like the dialogue could have been like, you know, punched up a little and you know the there were some production value issues where i don't i did, i do not see the money they put into it you know mm. when you listen to the audio mix or you know you see some of the sets or you know see some of the editing and cutting but but it, this was like you know kind of middle of the road i mean i mean if if they do do a second one eventually like you know maybe they can improve on shit but you know i i, I thought it was okay yeah, I think I think for myself, if if I was gonna impart anything, because kind kind of like Justin, I think there was a period where the novelty of watching like fan films on the internet and and different shorts and things like that was really strong with me at at a certain point, you know, maybe like you know nineteen ninety nine to two thousand two or something like that. But I think kind of similar to Justin, and and maybe more so with. Uh, Star Wars fan films than anything else, but like, yeah, after you've seen like a billion like horrible ones and 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 like maybe comic book type fan films, you know, you you kind of start to, you know, I don't know, I, I have some sentimentality regardless of the quality for certain, you know, like a nostalgia for certain fan films that I got into, well, you know, back then, like, oh, I I watched this on dial up and isn't that cute and all that kind of stuff, you know. Um, <laughs> One of those was a Star Trek fan film, and I'll I'll just recommend it here, just out of out of sheer novelty and just like you know the the aspect of isn't that cool? Um, there is a Star Trek Batman sixty six fan film. the The production values are not like outstanding by any means, but just just the the just the concept itself and the fact that like 
it uh, it definitely approximates like what it might have looked like you know like it's like one of those things where you're like oh that's pretty you know i don't know i think i think i shared it with somebody the other day somebody's like oh you know uh, some, something about you know i don't know somebody was posting something on facebook about either batman 66 or star trek or some some such and and then i just kind of somehow something came up about the two of them and i said well you'd you'd eventually have to discuss the fan film. And people were like, but what? There's a fan film? And I started posting links to it. And they were just like, what? Like, you know, like that kind of thing. So if you if you haven't seen that, like, it, you know, it, it's it's worth it just for a chuckle. You know what I mean? Like, it's, it's, it's kind of fun. So. At any point, does Robin say holy red alert or anything like that? Uh, he, he probably says something like that. I don't, I don't remember. It's been a while since I've seen it, but like, you know, it's, I, I, if I recall correctly, it's not, it's not too intensive. I think it's like, uh, I want to say like most times if you find it on YouTube, it might be split into like three parts and be like, you know, 10 to 15 minutes apart or something like that, you know? So it's almost like watching like, you know, two episodes of the 66 Batman where there's like a, you know, a cliffhanger and all that, you know, th- those kind of things, right? Like, so, and, and, and a lot of it is kind of very, you know, uh, Gary Seven-ish, you know what I mean? Like, like that, that mm. kind of vibe to it where it's like, look, we, you know, we went around the sun and now we're hanging out with Batman, you know, like that kind of thing. You know what I mean? Like, like Captain's Log, you know, we're in Gotham City, you know, 1966 um, or whatever, you know, like that kind of thing. So, you know, it, 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 that, that kind of aspect is kind of fun. But yeah, so, uh, yeah, I, I don't know, you know, this, this was no big deal. I didn't mind revisiting this a second time. I, I, you know, despite some of the, the audio issues and stuff like that, it's, it's still kind of fun to watch. Like I watched it on my big screen, you know, like, like, you know, it, it is what it is. Like you guys said, like some of the acting's like, you know, definitely, um, above and beyond and some of it's just kind of you know eh, it's it's okay you know and, and and the thing i find interesting about it is like if you look at those photos that they took from the set like like people look like y- you forget like man five years like like you know it's like it's like one of those things you know how the, like you're always like you know i don't know but this is how i feel but like sometimes when you see those goofy ass events or like time skips on like tv shows or something like that and it's like one year and everything's totally different now after a year and it's like sometimes you're like that's a little far-fetched it's only like a year but i think that's definitely true if there's like a five-year time skip or like you know uh, a five-year thing because i i looked at a photo of the guy who directed this like the one that's in my avatar and you know with his his little yeoman fiance or whatever and then and then i listened to there was like some kind of podcast about like right before they were going to release the the fan film like it was like two days before they were going to release it in september and they did a quick promo podcast with this guy and they had a photo of the director and then i guess his producer what i don't know like whoever this other guy was and I was just like, damn, that's the same guy. You know, like, 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 you know, like one of those things where you're like, it, you can tell it's the same guy, but you're like, dude, you can tell it's been five years. You know what I mean? So it's like, you know, and, and so I think even if they did entertain the idea of doing a sequel, uh, if they were going to use some of the same cast, like, I don't know if that's even possible, but, you know. Derek, even Apollo got fat. Even Apollo got fat. Yeah. <laughs> even Apollo. I love that, man. That's that's the greatest. <laughs> I love that. That that's my favorite, like uh sorry, this is a total tangent. That's my favorite uh, you know, uh self-destructive twenties like moment where I was just like, dude, me and Apollo, we 
we were tight. We were bros. <laughs> like, I got you, Apollo. I understand why you ate all the fucking Twinkies after the girl done you wrong. I get it. Um, but yeah, so, um, so yeah, the, no, I, I thought this was fun, you know, like, uh, for the most part. I mean, I know I was kind of harsh on stuff, and, and like I said, I pre-apologized or whatever, because I get it. It's, you know, there, definitely, there, there was some love involved in making this, so I appreciate that aspect of it, and I'm not trying to take away from any of the, you know, wh- whatever success came out of that or whatever. You know, we're just, we, we love Star Trek. We're having fun talking about it, so hopefully it's uh, it's taken in that vein. Um, if you guys one, have oh, one, yeah, yeah. I, I just had one technical question for you guys because, like I said, I'm not as big a Star Trek fan, but how many years is this before Kirk gets the Enterprise? What is about it, like 15 or 20? 15. Something it's like about that. 15. Yeah. Like, how many, how many captains did the Enterprise have, like, before Kirk? Uh, yeah, just Pike and just Pike and yeah, okay. That's yeah. I, I figured because I I don't like the timeline. I was trying to work it out, and I was like, okay, well, it's obviously before Kirk gets the yeah. Enterprise, but yeah, I, I mean, yeah. you know, traditionally it's it's April, Pike, and then Kirk. April did one five year tour, and then Pike did two tours. <laughs> I, I was just laughing at uh like the the last scene when they're all on the bridge or whatever. And, you know, April and his wife are like, you know, like, you know, like, you let's, let's, like, I promised you a kiss. Like, let's kiss now. Like, yeah, baby, I'm feeling Randy. Like, <laughs> like, and then, no. then, like the whole, the whole, like, it should have, like, panned around the bridge and the whole crew looks really uncomfortable. Like, you know. They, they should look uncomfortable. Like, are there no fucking rules in Starfleet? Like, yeah, what the yeah, fuck? Right, yeah. <laughs> like, I was, I was actually, like, to me, I'm kind of like, I'm pretty sure that's still a rule, like, like now. Like, I know, I know there are. I know there are uh, uh, certain benefits and, and, and certain circumstances where there's, a, I, I guess they call it like a, a mill-to-mill, like, you know, marriage or something, you know, like where there are, you know, a, a, a marriage, you know, a husband and a wife, you know, living together on like a military base and stuff like that. But I'm still pretty sure they can't like serve on the same ship or serve in the same unit or, you know what I mean? Like I'm pretty sure that's still a rule. So I'm just kind of like, come on guys, this is a little, it's a, uh, you definitely have to suspend your disbelief for that. Yeah. It's just funny because they're like, you know, yeah, I've been a bad captain. Like, <laughs> like, let's make out in the captain's chair. Yeah. And like, I was like, aren't you guys on the bridge in front of a bunch of people? Like, what? <laughs> yeah, this is just a green screen, bro. Uh, all right. Well, if you guys have any questions, concerns, you can email us at fanholspodcast at gmail.com. If you want to check out the backlog of episodes, this is our Fan Holes Podcast proper show. So we've got literally hundreds of episodes for you to check out on the backlog. You can go over and direct download them over at fanholespodcast.blogspot.com. We can be found on Apple Podcasts. We can be streamed on Stitcher Radio, Google Play, Spotify, and we're now on Amazon Music. So if you dig any of those platforms, you can find us over there. Uh, in addition to the proper show, we've got all kinds of spin-off shows. So if you enjoyed this, consider checking out any of the spin-off shows. They're all on the same feed. And we're on all kinds of social media. We're on Tumblr, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. We appreciate all the likes, hearts, shares that we receive. So until the next time, this is Derek, Derek WC. 
signing off. Hey, it's Mike. Let's see what's out there. I'm sure no one else will say that. And this is Justin. One to beam up. Yeah. And then, like, at the very end, it's like, I feel like they were teasing, like, some kind of relationship between the sister and that uh, helmsman or whatever. That, but, he, like, but he was like, you know, oh, she's, like, the greatest, like, pilot in the, in you know, in the sector or whatever. And she's like, yum, yum. They see they were they were ahead of their time before they they had the the ideas before discovery. Mm. They created them all the the yum yum man. <laughs> the yum yum man. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
The baby Yoda man. Maybe, maybe Yoda, that maybe Yoda that Yoda Asian man. guy should have been like, I like science. <laughs> we don't really know, but what we do know is science is fucking cool. <laughs> it's like when they, they brought the guy in from outside. They're like, you did it, man. Science. Fuck yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's another thing that was so refreshing. There was none of that stupid crap in this. And there was no, like, swearing or, or Klingon titties. I'm like, oh. <laughs> so nice. Uh, so nice. Uh, All will die. Fuck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, I've translated the blood glyphs or whatever. It says all will die. Like, crypto, crypto uh, science. Fuck yeah. It says, taste good, send more. <laughs> taste good, send more. Permission to speak yeah, freely, sir. I don't think I'm cut out for Starfleet. I think I'm going to get off at the next starbase. Ensign. The sheer fucking hubris. <laughs> like, actually, sir, I'm going to audition for the Big Bang Theory. Yes. <laughs> uh, I'm going to be. Luck, I'm going to be a, a scowler in Wonder Woman, sir. <laughs> <laughs> so, fuck that, man. 